Good afternoon. You are listening to WMNF Tampa, WMNF 88.5 FM, the best little station in the nation. Today's show is uh, going to be super, super art filled. It was, um, I had a delightful day running around looking at art and it is great. So I hope you will go out and look at all this art as well. I want to let you know that my name is Joellen Schilke. I am the hostess who loves you absolutely the mostest. A little later in the show, we're going to be talking to Chad Mize and the artist he's got up there, Daniel Morgan, who is so, so wonderful. I'm so glad to see him again. Um, I get to look at his art every single day in my house, so that's going to be great. But even more excited in the studio right now, I have with me um, people from Fresh Squeezed at the Morian Art Center. It's Fresh Squeezed number six, Amanda? Yes, it is. Fresh Squeezed number six, and it is a show that brings... Uh, I don't, I don't know if I want to say it's emerging artists because it seems like you guys have emerged. <laughs> Maybe you're not like at that, you know, the next level. How to help me out, Amanda? Well, <laughs> technically, so the way we define an emerging artist is any artist who lives in the state of Florida who has never had a solo show in the state. Oh. So that means that if you came from California and you just moved here and maybe you had a great career there, but you've never had a solo show in Florida, you're an emerging artist in Florida. All right. So <laughs> any artist who's been in Fresh Squeeze, regardless of their age, um, they have never had a solo show in Florida. Now, we don't count MFA and BFA shows because right. otherwise you'd never get someone with a college degree. Right, so. yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to get anyone. Well, yeah. I'm going to um, ask everybody to introduce themselves, and then we've got two guests on the phone, too, and I'll ask you all to introduce yourselves. So, Macy Higgins, I'm going to start with you. And uh, uh, so when you introduce yourselves, please say your name because I want the listeners to be able to tell the difference between voices. And then uh, maybe one minute about the work that you have in the show in Fresh Squeezed at the Morian. Macy, if you would start. Awesome. Oops. What? Why aren't you on? Hello. 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 Hmm. Hi. That's how. Oh, no. Will, will you run over here and talk in this mic? That is weird. Quickly. Quickly. <laughs> that is, oh, no. So, sorry about that. that the oh. light's on, but it's not working. Here, go ahead. Hi, my name is Macy Higgins, and um, my work at the Fresh Squeezed is an installation called Sugar Trinkets. Um, it is a culmination. It is a culmination of objects that I've collected from my uh, relatives in my family, my grandmothers, uh, my great aunt, my old neighbor friend, and I basically describe it as a grandma's living room covered in frosting. Oh. <laughs> that's awesome. Oops. And then that's wonderful. Um, Morgan? Hi. Okay, is it working? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Macy. <laughs> All right, so I'm Morgan Jansen, um, and my work is a series of some installations and sculptures, um, wall mounts, and it's the work has a lot of connections to still life paintings um, and kind of what paradise would be as a location. So the imagery I pick is kind of what I consider exotic to us, maybe, um, and then combining it with um, a frame usually behind it. Um, and then with that paradise as a concept that I've sort of been exploring, I use bright color palettes. I use a lot of plastics and resins with these natural imagery, but um, totally kind of plasticizing everything um, in these sculptures. I, one of the things that was so interesting to me with your sculpture, too, was that there is... Uh, 
you know, there's this range. I mean, there's sort of the light, there's two lion's heads and the size and the, the clarity are like in a way really ridiculous. You know, it's just kind of like, what is that? And then, um, but they're mesmerizing because of that, because they're like, they're too big and they're mm-hmm. too clear and they're just, they're almost too much. And they're, so they're pretty so, wonderful. Thank you, Joel. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. All right. So, um, hey, Sam McCoy. Uh, hello, Sam McCoy. Hi. Um, will you talk for a second about the paintings that you have up at the uh, Fresh Squeezed at the Morian, please? Hi, uh, yes. So I am Sam, and I have the large contemporary uh, landscape paintings that are kind of in portrait mode for a good portion of them. Um, so I was you know, born and raised in Orlando, and I contextualize a lot of my life and a lot of my work around um, the artificial landscape in Florida kind of paired with those ecotourism sites as well, which is still a little bit of artifice. So um, I always think about the ideas of disenchantment and reenchantment of where we live. So you'll visit a park and maybe it's been beautifully landscaped in this tropical paradise in central Florida, which is subtropical. Um, and it becomes a little bit you know, disheartening to think about, you know, this isn't really what the ecology looks like. But there is still a little bit of magic in this oversaturation and over, I guess, love of (laughs) the Florida landscape um, as an idea rather than what it actually is. Just turn me off. And uh, thank you so much. I have so much to say about everybody's work. And then Lauren, will you, uh, Lauren Mann, will you talk about your paintings? We have all these paintings in there and the painters are so, they're so completely different. (laughs) So let's hear about yours. Yeah, so my name's Lauren Mann, and in the show I have a collection of colored pencil drawings. Um, They're all portraits, and I'm really inspired by pattern and color, and I really like realism. And this collection was based off of kind of my experience and the experience of my sister my friends during COVID and quarantine, and kind of like the shared and individual experiences of kind of being alone and just going through the emotions of what that brings. So I like to just bring a lot of color and make intimate portraits. Um, yeah. Intimate portraits, but also there is a true sense of, um, you know, the the backgrounds. And I'm sorry, it was not a painting, a pencil drawing. You know, you've included all of these, like, clues to the idea that not everything is okay that there's this sense that this is, it might look okay from the surface, but you start paying attention, you're like, oh yeah, no, not everything is okay right now. Um, yeah, I definitely love to add those little idiosyncrasies and details to kind of add more depth to the picture. So the more you look at it, kind of the more you get from it. So um, Amanda, here we have um, all these different artists. Uh, there's two other artists in the show. Uh, Eugene Agay? Agay. Okay, thank you. I'm so bad. You would think after all this time in radio, I'd learn how to pronounce people's names, That's but hard. nope. And then um, Shersonada. No, I'm not going to get that. All right, Bernard. <laughs> Shersonada. Bernard. Shersonada. Bernard. So, um, so did you with looking at the work when it's all up? And it was really fun yesterday walking through there and meeting Macy and seeing stuff. Was have you seen something emerge, or or all wonderful artists? Have you felt that something's emerging? with artists after sort of coming into working as a profession, like it's time for you to be an artist as a profession right into COVID. Like, hello, you're going to be a professional artist and it's COVID and no one is looking at art. So, um, so how did you process, you know, what happened? Did your work change? What's going on with that? 
Mandy, I'm going to have you start. Did things change? Is, or does, do you sense a difference in what you're seeing with Fresh sweet, Squeeze 6 than what you might have seen before? Not really. Other, Well, I mean, other than like what Lauren was just saying, like her work is specifically dealing with the angst of, you know, being stuck in a dorm room with roommates for months on end. Um, but in general, I have to say in the last couple of years, the artists have just been... Um, there hasn't been a big change. If anything, I think they're creating more and doing more interesting things. Like it's maybe it's given them time and space, headspace to do amazing things. I mean, we really haven't missed a beat at the Morian. I mean, we haven't had to cancel any shows or we've still had visitors. We still have people buying artwork even more actually lately. Um, so, I mean, in general. Is the artwork in the show all for sale? Yes. Oh, Almost good. all of it. There's a few it. pieces right, yeah. that aren't, but yeah. So, wow. Um, and so, uh, Morgan, Macy, has there been a shift in what you do or your practice? I think, Macy, you've changed significantly. Yes. Is that true for, for, for you as well, for everybody? I would say the thought process of how I thought about curating all these things, because when, when, we, when we were confined into a space in COVID, I think a lot of people were just doing that out of boredom or remodeling or buying and be, being a consumer, and that has a lot to do with my work. So it just kind of made it overall a little bit more, it made me more sensitive to what I was kind of doing and curating with these sculptures slash installations. And Macy, before I jump into you, I'm going to ask on, on the phone, uh, uh, one of the things, Sam, uh, your work is so saturated, so completely saturated, um, to the point where there's a kind of a, a mixed emotions in it. Like there's almost a, a, an ominous feeling with some of them. I'm thinking very specifically of the uh, hurricane painting. Did stuff change for you? And Lauren, did stuff change for you over the pandemic? Or was it just like, nope, now I've got more time to make art. That's pretty much it. Um, it, it was definitely a shift in, I think everybody said, you know, mindset. You do have a little bit more isolation from your peers when creating work, which is, you know, nice, really nice to have the time, but can definitely be a sadness when you are looking for feedback and looking to work with your your studio mates. Um, but fortunately, most of my work, you know, being outside um, is was a really easy thing to do. I would go do some plein air studies. Um, so I was really fortunate in my practice that it stayed the same and I just had a little more time. That's wonderful. Lauren, what about your stuff? Yeah, I would agree that I definitely had a lot more time to work. Um, but personally, having just graduated um, from college, I um, kind of started my practice during COVID, like <laughs> once I finally got to be an upperclassman in college, like that's when COVID really started. So kind of, I think a lot of my work so far has really been based around that isolation. Um, so I'm kind of excited to see where it goes now, but <laughs> so far that's kind of all I've been working with. Right. What happens when you don't have as many limitations? What <laughs> happened now? Um, the first time I saw your work, Macy, was at, uh, at Fairgrounds. Yes. With the strawberry room, which is a delight Thank of you. a room. <laughs> and it's almost like over-the-top delightful, like mm -hmm. in a way like, oh, I'm not sure if this is healthy or not, yeah. like for my brain, delightful. <laughs> so what, how you, now as a painter, then you, that's a big switch. Yeah. Well, so it's funny because the, like March 2020, the last show I was in was the Emerging Artists uh, for Gasparilla Festival of the Arts. And I showed a series of paintings. And then, you know, we all got quarantined and I saw it as an opportunity to explore things that I hadn't necessarily really 
had a chance to play around with, make mistakes with. Um, I'm self-taught, so I like the trial and error of all of it. Um, so I got really into resin, and then I just sort of started exploring the um, the fake cake sculptures and everything like that, and it, it just happened to coincide with this uh, fairground strawberry room project, and it kind of, that kind of gave me the opportunity to showcase all these new things that I had learned while I was, you know, <laughs> stuck in the studio. You know, uh, when we talked uh, last year to the fairgrounds people, when, when it was kicking off, the really interesting thing about fairgrounds was that there was a lot of artists who were um, who had switched their practices and created something there that was different from mm -hmm. what they had been doing. And so there was this energy that was off the charts because people were so excited. You know, I mean, like when you start something new, you're you're like a little unhinged about it. You're like, yeah, let me go do it. Um, and so I enjoyed that. Dear listeners, we're speaking to the artist and curator of Fresh Squeezed, and that opens at the Morian tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. And then it uh, goes through... June 23rd. June 23rd, and a fantastic show. There's also, I just want to mention really quickly, there's also another show in there from the from Gibbs, from the Pinellas... Mm -hmm. From PCCA. Uh, school that... Uh, from the Pinellas County Arts Whatever School. And um, and it's a really interesting take on tarot cards, so don't sleep on that either. Mm -hmm. um, now, uh, Macy, you've seen the other work in there. Um, have Morgan or, you know, have the other artists been in there? Or, or Macy, are you the only one? I think you have a little bit, but yeah, I think, yeah. Macy, you've seen... Well, it's yeah. just sort of like seeing your peers. You know, is there... Um, as artists, and this again, open to everybody, do you feel that you're part of something right now are you part of an art thing right now are you part of a creative thing right now or do you still is there still a sense of isolation from the last few years of practice i mean i think yes and no um i would definitely say it's different um but i love i have not seen any of the other artists work before so it's like getting to see just five other new incredible works that like everyone it it's funny because i love everyone's use of color um and i think that you know looking at these pieces it for me it teaches like just that or it says that all of us are still creating work like amanda said that we're we're making more we're you know experimenting more with with our work and mm -hmm. and I really enjoy the mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. that part of it yeah yeah I agree I think um, the opening is going to be a chance where we can really be kind of a collective in the space along with the public and then continue those conversations of what we see in the space as well as you know I can see threads between some of the work or the work I've seen so far and maybe a continuation of that conversation with these awesome artists that I'm looking forward to meeting you know well it seems that there is definitely a conversation going on um, between uh, your work and, and right now uh, with Morgan's work and uh, with Lauren's work because there's sort of a, a mood you know, visually completely different work, like very different work, but there's a mood in the work that resonates. And that, um, so this is my curator question, because when I used to have the Globe and I had to curate shows, I would do anything to get somebody else to do it, because <laughs> it is so hard to put work next to each other that makes everything blossom. So, yeah. so one, will you talk just for a minute, Amanda, about your whole uh, curatorial process 
with this. And then I want to talk to everybody about that juxtapositioning and, and, and their artwork a little more. Yeah. A lot of this is serendipitous, I have to say. Um, so the way Fresh Squeezed works is that we put out a call on um, cafe.com, cafe.org one or the other. Um, and it's a statewide show. And we usually get about 150 applicants. And um, this, the amount of artists each year we can take depends on the space we have available, but it's from five to seven artists. And this year it's six. So you have to take 150 artists and narrow it down to about six artists. And I do it with my staff, the exhibition staff and the education staff at the Morian. We meet and it's one of the best days of the year when we get to look at everybody's work. And it's really difficult, as you can imagine, to narrow it down. There's a lot of amazing artists. And when we're looking at the work, um, I'm looking for diversity in terms of um, where the artist is coming from, diversity of medium. You know, sometimes you might have six great painters, but you don't want six painting, you know, six painters in the show necessarily. So um, I try to strike a balance between where they are geographically um, and what kind of work they do. And I'm not really thinking of it as a whole other than that. Um, but then once it comes time to deciding which space in the gallery each artist will get, because each artist essentially gets a solo show in the space, um, sometimes it's like, wow, I didn't realize there was that um, affinity between these two artists. Or like in this case, this year, I'm like the color of all of these artists, like Macy mentioned, I mean, it's just off the charts mm -hmm. with all of them. And it's like, well, it's Florida. We like color. But know? it's also different palettes. Um, it's yeah, not the same palette. That's the thing that's so same. amazing. Completely different palettes. Yeah. Six different palettes, which... I usually you don't walk into an art show, a group show, and you have such a range in the visual part. Yeah, and that's and I would love to say, look, you know, that's I had that all planned out, but it didn't. And most <laughs> yes, of the time, did. I didn't. Wink, wink. It's just it just <laughs> happens that way. And I mean, all these artists are amazing and get all the credit. And um, yeah. Um, so one of the uh, one of the things that I thought was really interesting about the show is that, um, which I think is really great, it's five women. And one guy, yeah, uh, which, which is you know I got to say I, I love that. Um, is there anything? Uh, and and that has nothing to do with what I'm going to ask next. <laughs> so I just I just really like that. Uh, so I want to one of the things that when I was looking at the work, um, I was kind of wondering, and I want to sort of explore with the artists uh, in our last few minutes. Is sort of is was there. Um, when you're doing the work, when you are trying to get the um, what you want out, um, what is planned? What do you know is happening? What is there? And what is stuff that is just serendipitous or it comes as you go? Macy, I'm going to start with you because I saw you putting things together. Do you do you know what you're going to do before you get in there or is every single thing just sort of growing as you put your hands on it? Um, that last one, definitely. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a planner in any way artist or otherwise so uh <laughs> it's definitely just sort of a feeling for me and if i need like backup well I, amanda's been great at giving me second opinions and uh but for the most part yeah it's just w either whether it's creating a piece or putting pieces together i kind of just trust my instinct and mm -hmm. and if i need reinforcement then i'll i'll ask for it but other than that i like to just uh let it flow you know, right. ride the wave. <laughs> I hear that. So, uh, Lauren, what about you? Is everything done ahead of time? Do you know exactly what you're doing, or does that kind of grow as you go? Um, yeah, I'm definitely a planner, so a little bit of the opposite of Macy, but um, I do a lot of sketches, a lot of ideation of what I want my drawing to say, 
And then I take a lot of reference images, put them all together on Photoshop, make my color palette. So I really kind of have it all planned um, before I go ahead and start on the actual drawing. Um, but that's just kind of the way I am. So it makes me happier to have everything kind of set up before I get started. There is kind of a safety in knowing that um, what you're going to do. Morgan, where are you on the planning, not planning uh, continuum? A little bit of both. I know what palettes and imagery I want, but I don't necessarily know what mediums or materials I'm going to couple that with. And then once these items are made, then I have a little bit of fun exploring collaging them together as these installations and sculptures in the space. And then uh, Sam? Yeah, um, I'm very similar to not planning at all. My planning (laughs) space is usually um, traveling around in my car and taking some snapshots, um, going to thrift stores or buying a lot of postcards off of eBay. And um, so as I work, I'll throw as as much color as I can kind of put on a canvas um, and then start to find, you know, these ideas and um, collage mediums that I've kind of gathered and start putting them together on the painting. Sometimes it's great and sometimes you come up with a horribly composed mess. <laughs> That's kind of like the fun of it. For sure. <laughs> Hopefully a horribly composed mess that can be repaired. Well, we are almost out of time. Oh, why can't I have a nine-hour show? Um, so I'm wondering if people have stuff coming up next that they want to give a push for. Amanda, I know you've got something coming up next. You're a curator. We do. We do. Well, like uh, we said earlier, the show's up through the end of June and the next hot on the heels of that is our annual members show and it's called Bookish and every artist has to make a piece of art based on their favorite book. Well, it doesn't even have to be their favorite book, just any book. That's the wonderful. title of the piece is the title of the book. Right. So, and it is for our members, but anyone can be a member of the Morian. It's not a juried show, so right. oh, it's going to be fun. Wonderful. Macy, do you have anything on tap? Yes. I know you mentioned Chad Mines coming up. So I am scheduled to be in his Pride show in June. I believe it's called Say Gay. And other than that, you can see everything that I um, am working on or other shows and festivals coming up um, on my Instagram. It's Macy Eats Paint. Shocker. I have a consumption <laughs> thing going on. I don't know. We'll, we'll but, post that on. Yeah. We'll share. And we're going to share everyone's Instagrams and, and websites and stuff um, after the show is over. Um, Morgan, what do you have on, on tap? I guess a little bit of uh, personal excitement. Um, we just moved, my partner and I just moved to St. Pete from Sarasota, and we also were very fortunate to snag a studio space in the warehouse district. Oh, nice. Um, so we're really excited for that. So I, after this show, seeing it all together, it kind of made me fall in love with the sculptures again. So I'm just going to take the time, you know, once the school year ends, um, to just break apart everything and kind of grow on the work that's currently in the space right now. That sounds wonderful. Uh, Sam, do you have anything coming up that you want to let people know about? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, next stage and a next body of work. I have a road trip that I have planned coming up to check Mm -hmm. out some more old Florida tourism. So Sunken Gardens, Bach Tower, Wiki Watch, kind of classics. and <laughs> so Please keep us in touch that. on that. That's awesome. Yes. It's a tender place <laughs> in my heart. And then I'm going to wind it all up with Lauren Mann. What's on your agenda? So currently I do not have anything specific going on. I'm just going to keep on creating. Um, but you can check me out uh, on my Instagram and see what I have going on over there. And what is your Instagram? 
It's at Lauren Mann Art. Okay, well, that's pretty easy. Awesome, you guys. <laughs> well, thank you all so much. I'm so grateful that you came over and did it, and I'm so excited about the show. Amanda knows I love that show, and this, I think, is just such a, a stellar version of Fresh Squeezed. I can't go wait to go back in and really stare at the work a lot longer and everything. So thank you for coming yeah, thank on. You. Oh, thank thanks, you. So uh, please stay tuned, dear listener. Coming up next, we're going to be talking with Daniel Morgan and uh, Chad Mize about their garden show. But So meanwhile, I'm going to be playing this song, uh, and the end gets a little crazy, but it's a pandemic song and then into gardening. Here on Art in Your Ear on WMNF 88.5 FM Tampa. Thank you for listening. Stick with us. The brink of my existence essentially is a comedy The gap in my teeth and all that I can cling to The milk is sour Shalala, ooh, ooh, shalala Ooh, shalala, ooh, ooh, shalala The milk is sour with olives on my thumbs And all that I've stuck to and all that I've clung to I thought like a dog, this world that I Trusted has been over and busted and rested by an arbitrary sonogram. Boom, boom, shalala. And that is, uh, that's a pandemic song that I wanted to play because our next, uh, our next segment in the show is about a garden. Welcome to, welcome back. I should say welcome back for too long to Daniel Morgan, uh, for uh, coming on Art in Your Ear. And hello, welcome back. Of course, Chad, uh, you guys from Mice Gallery, you are here for Community Garden Tales from the Plots. Thank you for uh, coming in and chatting with us. Hi. Thanks Hi. for the invite. <laughs> so um, I, what, uh, 
Well, first of all, uh, I think I want to let listeners know um, one of the sort of easiest ways to be aware of Daniel's work is that he's got a great mural that can be seen from Central Avenue on um, in St. Pete as part of the Shine Festival. And it, even in that mural, there's uh, basically it's people sort of lounging around outdoors. Um, has the have plants and outdoors and growing always been part of your work, Daniel? Um, I've always enjoyed drawing that kind of stuff, especially people, nature, um, instruments, music, uh, just trying to create an atmosphere um, that is conducive to lounging, I guess. <laughs> I, th- I think lounging is, is quite wonderful. However, having a garden is not exactly loungy. <laughs> it's not lounging, but it's, it's, it's a joyful activity. It's something that, that um, has a lot of narrative and inspiration and, and just like a good natural vibe do it. Uh, and that's one uh, thing that I noticed very strongly yesterday is that it is, um, and I would say it's almost one of the most happy shows I've ever seen at Mize Gallery. Uh, <laughs> well, thanks for saying that. That was the intent. Uh, it, was, it was made during COVID, so I needed something to distract me, and I just started drawing plants and gardening, and it just all came together naturally. Right. Chad, did you um, know, had you and Daniel talked a lot about the work that you're going to be getting in, or how did this whole show come about? Well, I, uh, at my previous gallery, Blue Lucy, I had done a solo of Dan- uh, Daniel's work, and so I was, I've always been drawn to his style, and I just wanted to do it again at Mize, and I, had, I think we re- I reached out to him. I saw him in town um, about a year and a half ago, and we talked about him doing the show. So I didn't really know where he was going to go with it, but uh, whatever he was going to come up with, I knew it would be great. Right. And also, your mic is kind of going in and in and out a little bit. Um, it's the uh, We were talking yesterday, Daniel, and you were talking about how it was that pandemic story of you were like, it was pandemic, it was kind of shut down, you had a, a little, like a tight-knit artist pod but then you also started growing things and, and gardening. Um, one of the things, and as I mentioned at the way beginning of the show, is I get to see your work. I have your work at my house, and I get to see it every day. And, uh, and there's so, there's a, it's very playful and surreal. Um, and you've taken this surreal from a style that I was familiar with and sort of, uh, and sort of turned it into almost a, um, a fairy tale feeling surreal rather than a... Um, you know, a, a a a prankster surreal. I don't know if that's the best way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, I think I think I know what you mean. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this could be described as like children's book surreal kind yeah. of story, like more, more like fables. Um, and and he was heavily inspired by children's books, and and I am very inspired by children's books. I try to find them at thrift stores, especially the older ones that have a very playful style. Um, so I, I think your description is on point. Um, that is a good way to describe it. It's, it's a children's book surreal. <laughs> and so is the idea, too, to tell the stories that children's books tell? Um, I think the idea behind most of the things that I do is to entertain myself first <laughs> and then hope that everybody <laughs> else will be entertained by it. So I just kind of draw things, and especially with this show, which was done during the pandemic, I never intended it. I never intended to show it. It wasn't part of an exhibit that I was already thinking about. So it was mostly just for me to draw things that I was engaging in at the time, which was gardening. 
Um, and I had some notes from like previous drawings that I've done. So I kind of connected the two, the stories of people and the gardens. And, and that's how the show came about. <laughs> that's um, pretty awesome. And I want to thank Chad for, for trusting me always to just do whatever I want. Um, and I know I'm always last minute, but Chad is very gracious and trusted my work. So <laughs> when I walked I in yesterday, wanna... you were, you were painting on the wall. <laughs> Yeah, John was just like, put something on the wall. Uh, I don't care what it is. And I'm like, okay, cool, I can do that. That's wonderful. Actually, that's a, that's a wonderful way, I think, way to be is to the freedom, I think, and brings up a lot of a lot of great stuff. One of the, um, in talking about gardening, so many people that I know, and just walking around my neighborhood, and Chad, you probably have seen this, you know, just it, people started gardening and growing things. And, um, and to me, there's always been sort of a philosophical um, a lot of philosophical things that come out of the act of gardening, that there is a, a sort of a, a rescuing of, uh, of ourselves that gardening does, besides the whole part of, you know, providing us with food and, and uh, visual treats, but there is a, something about the act of growing. Um, this might be a leap, and this is for both of you. Um, is there, are there similarities between gardening and creating art? Yeah, do you want to take that one, or do you want me to? Well, I would say for me personally, I'm not, I'm not good with plants, um, but I feel like uh, gardening or growing can be in other terms, like helping other artists or helping a community mm-hmm. by planting seeds. And so that's how I would see my life, is just planting seeds and planting moments. And You're an art helping. gardener. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Daniel, what about you with the creative process? Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that. And, and I would say that the process of gardening is, is very much, uh, at least I found it to be very much like the process of creating art. Uh, there's a lot of false starts. You know, you plant the seed and you kind of hope that it's going to do something. And then a lot of the times it doesn't do anything. But every now and then you get this beautiful plant that's nourishing. And, and art has that same effect. Um, you never know where it's going to go when you start, and there's a lot of frustration with it um, and, and doubting yourself and doubting the art, but eventually it all works out and, and it just brings joy to the world, and, and in that way it's very similar to art. You know, we were, um, as I, when we started this segment, I was playing um, the show, the song by Haley Hendricks, uh, Um Shalala. Uh, awesome. It's such a great song, and it was so perfect for this, where she's like, I'm going to start a garden. But there is this whole idea that we were in this bizarre uh, life that certainly 10 years ago, I don't think we all would have been like, oh, yeah, we're going to go through a pandemic, a worldwide pandemic, and everything's going to shut down, and life's going to be completely changed. Uh, but that's what happened. Are there uh, are there things that came out in your art or while you made art or how you made art because of the pandemic and maybe specifically because of being in the pandemic in Montana um, that you hope or are planning or working to make sure stay with you uh, as we move into sort of whatever the new normal is? Um, well, I would say that I, I definitely appreciate uh, my social time with friends more. And I try to make time for that. <laughs> uh, it was sort of easy to dismiss that. Uh, but uh, the pandemic really showed me how important it is to, to have a good community and, you know, to socialize with people and be exposed to other people. Because, you know, brain is a tricky thing. It plays 
tricks on you all the time. Mm-hmm. So if you're like in isolation, it, it, it gets a little weird. Hence <laughs> um, the show. Um, but yeah, also like I think I really enjoyed like people picking up different hobbies. Um, I think that's something that I hope continues. And I also noticed a lot of people spending the money that they all of a sudden had from not going outside and spending it on, you know, dining out and stuff like that. A lot of my friends were buying art, um, investing in things that meant something to them. So I hope that's the trend that continues, that people really found a new appreciation for makers and for artists in general. Um, um, so, I mean, I, I, I think that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, we're speaking to your listeners. We're speaking with Chad Mize and Daniel Morgan. Um, they have a show. Uh, Daniel has a show opening up tonight. Uh, tonight, right? I'm sorry. Correct. I don't have my notes in front of me. I'm sorry. No, six to nine. Six to nine tonight at Mize Gallery. Uh, it's called Community Garden Tales from the Plot. I'm wondering, uh, Daniel, with your love of the children's books, if you would turn uh, this or do something similar, turning things into a children's book. That is that is the hope. I would love to do that one day. But, you know, you and I were talking about tattoos yesterday. The way I feel about children's books is kind of the way I feel about tattoos. I could never pick one story to be the story. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's like nothing's good enough. So it, it's, uh, children's books are not as easy as they sound. They sound simple, but yeah, because they're simple, they can be deceiving. Right. And I find it really hard to like figure out what would make a good book. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly make little books all the time, little zines and things like that, but um, hopefully one day I can actually, you know, make one. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Maybe you could just put all the stories in it and then you don't have to choose one. I don't want to scare the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I don't know, some of my favorite um, children's, quote-unquote children's authors have been uh, quite scary in delightful ways, and funny in delightful yeah. ways. <laughs> That's sort of what I grew up on. I grew up in Eastern Europe, and a lot of the Eastern European children's tales are, are kind of dark. They go to dark places. Oh, they're so. hardcore. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's the stuff that I was surrounded with as a child. And, and I think it had a lot of influence in the way I think about stories and narrative in general. All, there's always an element of darkness of some kind. And I don't find it dark. I find it entertaining and interesting and enigmatic. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, um, and it's yeah. kind of like shadows, you know, because it's a darker shadow, it makes the light brighter, you know, when the good oh, happens in them. For sure. So, yeah, I grew up with, uh, yeah, if, if children weren't eaten in the first, like, three pages, it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't one of our family stories. Yep. <laughs> the children must die or something yeah. like that. That's terrible. They have to pay for their little sins. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to go in and talk a little bit about the specific work. And, dear listener, you can see uh, some of I put a few photos up on the art in your ear. Your Facebook page if you want to see an example of um, Daniel's work, or you can just go online right now to chadmize.com and you can see all the different stuff going on at Mize Gallery and uh, you know get an idea of Daniel's work. Um, but what, talking about some of the individual ones, there's one that just was so charming because you actually did you know write a story and there's the um, the it's he's like the mulch man. Is it the compost man or the mulch the man? The compost man. The yeah. compost yeah. man on there. <laughs> was there an actual? Is there an actual compost man? Like a specific man, or is he a? a did you make him up? Uh, I I made him up, but he's sort of loosely based on a couple of characters that I would see around the community garden, the community garden where we garden in Montana, Missoula, Montana, where I live. Um, they deliver compost 
every year for the gardens, and, and there's a particular person that does it. So I don't really know the person. I don't know anything about them, but I love making up stories about people. So there we go. <laughs> I made up a story about this person that creates compost, and compost is a large part of his life. And it was just an interesting thing to, uh, to think about um, and draw. Right. Well, yeah, there we go. Uh, and then yeah. were there other things? Because not all of the plants in it are are plants that are easily recognized. Are they rare uh, plants or are they made up? Plants. Maybe, maybe there are a couple of plants that are easily recognized, but I just enjoy drawing plants so much. And I was telling you yesterday that I would draw a plant that's a single plant, but it has like seven different kinds of flowers on it, which uh-huh. almost never happens right. in, in real life. But I just, I just enjoy, enjoy drawing different shapes and different plants. So they're mostly like fantasy plants, but you would recognize them as plants. <laughs> um, again, going back to like kind of like children's books, like Dr. Seuss type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just plants that look like plants, but they're not any particular plant. When there's and and so Dr. Seuss is a good example um, of a, uh, a, a and sort of an endearing uh, both narrative and drawing style that remains with people at all ages. And when you talk about how how complex children's books are, I think Dr. Seuss is an, a really stellar example of the complexity of it, even though it seems very very simple. Um, were there? Uh, did you have certain practices or? Um, you know, guideposts for this show, or since the work was created without an idea in mind, there's, you know, talk a little bit about how you knew what people were going to see and what you wanted them to see in, in like putting together the work for this show specifically, like what you want people to get out of it or, or walk away with. Sure. Um, well, I would, I would hope that people would be entertained, first of all, that they would enjoy reading these stories and, and thinking about them and be engaged with them. Um, the idea, as I was telling you yesterday, the idea for it um, came about through me just like doodling, uh, sitting across the street from a, from a community garden and just doodling plants and people that I was seeing in the garden. And I started making up little narratives about them, which is what I usually do with my work. My, I would say that 99% of my work has some kind of a narrative component to it. So that's a natural process for me. Um, and I sort of filed it for later use. I never intended to make a show out of it. But then during the pandemic, we started gardening, and I started coming back to these stories. And then when Chad asked me uh, to, to do a solo this was the first thing that I thought of, and I knew that I wanted to have a narrative-based exhibit, so that's sort of what I focused on, um, and like I said, I mean, my hope is always that people would just be entertained and enjoy looking at these drawings. Um, if, if I achieve that, that's that's all I need. Mean. <laughs> and what, because in the past you did a lot of wood burning, and, and you don't have yeah. wood burning in this show, so what, what's the materials for this show? Uh, it's, it's mostly drawings with charcoal and, uh, wooden pencils, mm-hmm. uh, but I do have four or five wood burnings. They're very colorful. They're not usually, they're not the style that I normally use. Oh, the oh they're the little so, ones, the little grouping yeah. one. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the little grouping. There's like four or five little. I took a picture of that. What an idiot. critters. Um, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't instantly be recognized as wood burnings of the style that I used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I was trying to, to make the entire show colorful and, and just the monochromatic uh, browns of the wood burning just wouldn't work with all the colorful drawings that I had in the exhibit. So, mm. Was uh, there the color was because now it's time just to have a lot of color? Uh, I think so. And it was, it was also like, uh, again, I'm trying to entertain myself. So it was, you know, since <laughs> this was a pandemic thing, I was, I was just trying to play. I was really trying to be a kid mm-hmm. that was given a bunch of crayons. Um, <laughs> just without much thinking, just, just putting, putting lines on paper and coloring them. That was essentially it. I, w- I want to bring Chad back in. Chad, are you still there? I'm here. You're such a good listener. Um, so, <laughs> you know, so, uh, you have you do a show a month pretty much which is um which is a lot of work and they're wonderful shows and you have it down pat you've been doing this for a long time this show i think as i said it's kind of like one of the most not the most playful or colorful shows uh, cuz you've had a ton of very playful and ton of very colorful shows but there's something about this show which seems um different it's not different sweeter it's like a it's a sweet nice show and i and I mean that in every good way. Like, I love this show. I love the work. It's fun. Um, you're the person, though, you've got to live with it all month long. <laughs> does that, um, does, does the work in there sort of set a pace or anything for the rest of what happens in the gallery? Does the type of show affect uh, other things that happen throughout the month when it's up? Um, yeah, I mean, I really do love living in the gallery every month. And, like, rotating it out each month is different. Uh, This one is so, like, playful. And it is, like, you know, it's almost, like, childlike, but not in a bad way, Mm -hmm. in a good way. Um, And it's it's a minimal show, uh, very clean. And the colors are so saturated. um, And it's just well presented, very well presented. Mm -hmm. It's almost good that the pieces aren't very big. You know, aren't like huge sprawling pieces because of the intensity color of color in them. You know? Yeah, and it's also you know typically I do these larger group shows every month, so it's nice to have a break in that. We mm-hmm. have one artist, and then the gallery is all about that one artist at that month. Right. And so I only have three of those this year. Oh, okay. So you're like, okay, I'm just going to do extra work this year. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just nice because the, even the management of it is a lot easier mm-hmm. dealing with one artist. You know, for the month. So, uh, Daniel, yesterday uh, you were talking about how you and some friends kind of did a, um, like you would all draw on the same sheet of paper, like throughout the pandemic, and you made tons of these, you know, group drawings and stuff like that. And that was, um, you know, it was just such an interesting, insightful, fun, weird practice. Is that something that, because uh, we were talking about in the last segment, is that something that you feel like you want to continue or that it is good for artists to uh, take some of the things that came up through the pandemic and take with them as they move back into the world in whichever way they're going to navigate it? Oh, yeah, I would definitely recommend it to anybody that's comfortable with that. I mean, I fully recognize that not everybody's comfortable with just spontaneously drawing. You know, people have different processes and the way they do art um uh, it's just so happens that you know my friends and i in missoula um we we are all comfortable with that and we use it as our social hour but you know a lot of drawings came out of it Mm -hmm. spontaneously drawing and that is definitely a practice that i will continue because a lot of good stuff happens when you're just drawing without any inhibitions or any attempts to make something beautiful um 
all of these guys that I draw with, they're professional artists. But, you know, if you looked at these drawings, you would never be able to tell because <laughs> anatomy is wrong, perspective is wrong, everything's wrong about it. But we're having a blast. Right. That is the point. So a lot of good creative thinking comes out of that. And, and if nothing else, you're just practicing your hand to, you know, do the lines, do the work, uh, keep doodling, keep thinking. There's a... a, a- good amount of research that shows how drawing is beneficial to the brain and how doing uh, things, drawing, piano playing, cooking, whatever the artistic expression, creative expression is with your hands and, and having that do that, the, um, the health effects for the brain is, is massive. So I can see definitely wanting to continue that as, as I don't a know way. If my brain is massive, but uh, <laughs> well, the health, the benefits are massive. <laughs> are there? Um, oh, well, well, I just realized we're almost out of time. Um, so I should pay attention to the clock a little more. Um, so I, when we talked, you don't have anything specific coming up next, but I want to mention your website uh, because it has so much on it and has a lot of your zines and. Uh, stuff like that on it, the um, drawings, and people can get an idea of it. Uh, and your website is your last name. So it's Daniel Morgan, but without the O's. Daniel and then M-R-G-A-N. And it's yes. dot .tumblr.com. And uh, dear listener, we'll post this up on the Art in Your Ear Facebook page and the Art in Your Ear page after the show's over. But but you can go to that and say, and it says Daniel Morgan makes art sometimes, <laughs> so, which is, I think, pretty funny. Um, so nothing coming up next that you want to give a boost to, or is there anything you want to make sure people know about? Not really, nothing specific. I've been playing around with some wood carving, and I'm trying to sort of like maybe combine that with my wood burning, so maybe something comes out of that. But um, again, nothing specific. That sounds fantastic. Please do keep us... Uh, do keep us Will informed. Uh, Chad, uh, just before she left, uh, Macy mentioned that she's part of the Say a Gay show that you have in June. But what is the Stay in Shape show that you've got in May? Yeah, so the next, uh, for May, we have Stay in Shape. It's all uh, shape-based and pattern-based art. We have 16 artists in that one. Did you uh, give them something to do uh, it on or tell them? No, you- it's just the artist that we selected. It was a curated show that, of artists that actually work in that type of form. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then for Pride, we always do a Pride show for June, and that one's going to be called Say Gay. Mm-hmm. We have around 30 artists in that one. Wow. And then for July, we have Rain and Thunder. Yeah, what is that going to be? So that one, actually, people submitted concepts uh, just with that theme, and then we selected around 30 artists. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Always and I'm hoping it rains for the... <laughs> <laughs> You're the only gallerist in the world to say that. <laughs> Well, uh, Mai's Gallery is located at 689 um, Dr. MLK Jr. Street, uh, North 9th Street North in St. Pete. So in between uh, 5th Avenue and 7th Avenue North on on MLK. And uh, the opening is tonight from 6 to 9. Uh, you can go online to chadmize.com and get information. And there's a ton of stuff up on Facebook. Uh, am I missing anything to tell people? Oh, what about the um, the weekend hours, Chad? Yeah, so the weekend, Saturdays 10 to 5, Sundays 10 to 2, and then the show is up till the 24th, so it's up for three weeks. 
That's wonderful. Awesome. Well, I'm so grateful, Daniel Morgan and uh, Chad Mize, coming on today for um, this show for Community Garden Tales from the Plots. Uh, I'm, it's just a wonderful show, and I really appreciate it um, that you took the time out to call in and uh, talk about it. Thank you. Thank you so th- much. Thank you. See you guys probably tonight. And uh, dear listener, here's a little bit of music. I'll be back with an announcement. It's an editorial statement from the Nathan B. Stubblefield Foundation Board of Directors. WMNF condemns the indefensible war on Ukraine and calls for an expedient, diplomatic, and peaceful resolution to this conflict. We stand with the free people of Ukraine, the war protesters in Russia, and the millions of innocent people impacted in the region. We urge our listeners to support international organizations working to stop further human and environmental devastation. Visit WMNF.org for information on how to help. In the background, we've got brand new Pink Floyd. Yes, brand new Pink Floyd. They released this. Uh, the The music is called Hey, Hey, Rise Up. And it's uh, uh, David Mason and David Gilmore did it with a Ukrainian singer, Andrzej, I can't say his name, Kazovskik. And... Uh, so I just thought we should go out with that. I see E-Love in the studio. So that means you're going to have an afternoon filled with beautiful global electronica. Uh, after that is the live music showcase. They're setting up to have a band right now. Uh, that looks really fun. It's followed by the Rhythm Revival with uh, Reverend Billy and Marvelous Marvin. And that is some roots of rock and roll there. Uh, after that is uh, the fantastic Soul Party, classic R&B and soul. The Soul Kitchen comes in after that, and that is just a smorgasbord of all different types of rhythm music. And then we end the night with Flashback Friday, which is uh, Florida Blues and Florida Soul. Thank you for listening to Art in Your Ear on WMNF 88.5, WMNF Tampa. Please stay tuned for the NPR News. I know we've got a show book next week. I can't remember what it is, but I... Oh, uh, American Stage, Footloose in the Park. So please do tune in again and tell a friend and support this wonderful radio station. Thanks for listening to WMNF. <laughs>